grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Mark, the 8th chapter. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. Dear friends of Christ, did you know that there is such a thing as Holy Cross Day? It's a, it's a day that the Christian church celebrates once a year, September 15th, the Holy Cross Day. It's interesting, it's in September because it's in September where the Old Testament people used to worship Yom Kippur. Now, we, we practiced this thing so it wouldn't crackle. And it, yeah, let me try to push this in. The old, in the Old Testament, people would, would uh, uh, celebrate Yom, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a Jewish holiday, the Day of Atonement. And of course, why is that significant? Well, I'm going to talk about how the cross and Yom Kippur intermingle to tell the story of our salvation. Yom Kippur and the cross come together to tell the story of Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection. In our gospel lesson, Jesus speaks plainly about that. He speaks very plainly about His suffering, about His death, and, and how He would be handed over to His enemies to be crucified. And, and, and Jesus says, in my future, there is going to be a cross very quickly. But that cross would be necessary for our salvation. You know, we're two weeks into the season of Lent, and every year we spend this 40-day journey as we journey with Jesus to the cross, and we make this trip every single year. Uh, that's why we have this, this, this cross up here. It's, it's obviously important to this season, and that's why I wear during this season a cross that has Christ on it. It's called a crucifix um, to remember his suffering, his death. Uh, when Jesus isn't on it, of course, that reminds us of his resurrection. It's an empty cross. It's an empty tomb. Um, the cross with Christ on it, suffering and death. And Jesus made it very clear. He spoke plainly. Jesus must be killed and after three days rise again. That's our theme. Every time, every time you see me preach, you have to deal with it. Every time I preach, you see it. When I'm in this pulpit, it sits right there over my left shoulder. It's the processional cross. What's it doing there? Have you ever thought about that? Why do we have the processional cross in the pulpit? I mean, wouldn't it look nice by, by the altar or maybe by the baptismal font? Some churches have it there. Why? Why do we put the processional cross in the pulpit? Well, the answer is simple. We put it in the pulpit because we preach Christ crucified. Paul says that too. It's simple. The story of our salvation. God was pleased, Paul says, to save those who believe by the foolishness of preaching. The Jews demand miraculous signs. The Greeks ask for wisdom, but we preach about a Christ crucified. A stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. 
So the cross is the power of God, the wisdom of God. You see it over my shoulder. Kind of our theme for this morning, isn't it? And today I'm going to use a lot of scripture. I'm going to be reading a lot of the Bible because the story of the cross is, well, it's everywhere in the Bible. It's a story. It's the story of our salvation. It's important. And Jesus talks about it too. And he talks about it plainly. This morning we hear Jesus talking plainly to his disciples. The Son of Man must suffer many things, must be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and then he must be killed and after three days rise again. Jesus spoke plainly. He didn't mumble. He didn't use euphemisms or metaphors. He was very clear. He talked plainly about his suffering, his pain, his death. So blunt was Jesus when he talked about the cross, Peter took offense to it. He said, all this can never happen to you. Matthew writes, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. He said, this will never happen to you. But we know the story. It did. Jesus spoke about his suffering. He talked plainly. The enemies, the leaders of the church are going to come arrest me. The people are going to turn against me. They're going to kill me. And he spoke clearly about his death. He held nothing back. But just as clearly as he spoke about his death, so also clearly he spoke about his resurrection. Why? It's important. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of man, and they will kill him, and after three days he will rise. Jesus could not have been more clear. He even quoted the words from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And talk like this of the cross frightened the apostles. It frightened the disciples. Because even Jesus appeared to be eager to get the job done. In fact, the book of Hebrews tells us, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame. He wanted to get it behind him. The cross is a nasty, nasty reality. But for the, from the disciples' perspective, it was inconceivable. If Jesus really is God, he must never suffer the cross. If Jesus really is God, this must never happen to him. They just didn't understand it yet. Much later, Paul did. Paul proudly proclaims the cross. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block and folly to the Gentiles. And of course, Paul also talks about the power of the cross and the wisdom of the cross. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. And Paul, as he stood before the court of his accusers, he stood before many courts and every time said the same thing. He defended his faith. And he spoke boldly about the cross, about Christ's suffering and death, about the importance of the cross and the story of our salvation. Speaking to his accusers, Paul said, You handed Jesus over to Pilate. You rejected him in Pilate's presence. And even though Pilate had decided to let him go free, you rejected the man who was holy and innocent. 
You asked to have a murder given to you, and you killed the source of life. But God brought him back to life, and we're witnesses to that. And then Paul introduces a Lenten theme as he talks about the cross. Repent, therefore, turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And then before the high priest, in the court of the high priest, Peter and all the apostles testified, The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed, by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. And our epistle lesson talks about the importance of the cross this way. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith justified, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained access into this grace, this grace into which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of God's glory. The hope of our future glory. It's in the suffering of the cross. And that's why it was foretold by the prophets. The importance of Christ's suffering and death foreshadowed the worship life of the Old Testament. Every year, God's people celebrated what was called Yom Kippur. It was a feast, a festival of the church, of the, of the, of the Jewish people. The Day of Atonement. It was a day to shed blood, to bring your sacrifices. The priest would take the sacrifices of the animals and he would go into the Holy of Holies behind, in the temple behind the curtain where only one priest could go once a year. And then he would pour the blood sacrifice the animal bloody sacrifices over the mercy seat, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, to atone, to cover, to pay for the sin of the people. But these bloody sacrifices were weak. They did nothing except point to the one who would shed his blood ultimately for the sin of the world once and for all. And when Jesus died on the cross... He died once and for all. Matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews says, we have been set apart as holy because Jesus did what God wanted him to do. By sacrificing his body once and for all, each and every day, priest performed his religious duty. He offered the same type of sacrifice again and again, and yet these sacrifices could never take away sin. However, this chief priest, Jesus our Lord, made one sacrifice for sins, and this sacrifice lasts forever. Now Jesus holds the honored position, the one next to God the Father on the heavenly throne. Jesus has covered our sins. Jesus is our atonement. Jesus is the final and the perfect sacrifice. The cross is important. The cross is necessary for our salvation. Jesus is our Yom Kippur. Jesus is our atonement. And because of that, we are now at peace with God. The cross has happened. The gift is ours. His righteousness becomes ours. The punishment for our sins has been met, met and paid for. Paul talks about all that in our epistle. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we're sinners, Christ died for us. Good thing. Much more then, 
because we have now been declared righteous by His blood, we will be saved through Him from God's wrath. The cross saves us from God's wrath. It's important. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, how much more, since we have been reconciled, will we be saved by His life? And not only this, but we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Simple words, plain language. The blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Simple words, plain language. And God makes it so clear. Listen to the psalmist. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Simple words, plain language. And Jesus spoke plainly about the cross. And He spoke plainly about the crosses that we are to bear. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Simple words. Plain language. Jesus freed you from your sins that you might take up your cross, call him your Savior, call him your God, call him your Deliverer, and follow him. Repent. Turn away from your sins. Serve God by treating people well. Loving God above all things and loving people are the commandments of God. Take up the cross and live your life for the God who lived His life to save you. I'm holding in my hands a comfort cross. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but it's very smooth, comfort cross. People put it in their hands when they're dying. It just kind of hangs there. It gives them comfort as they're breathing their last. A comfort cross that it feels so good. It gives them the assurance of their salvation. It reminds them what the cross has done what Jesus has done as they're breathing their last, the Lord is with me. The Lord and His cross are important. But the cross didn't bring any comfort to Jesus. The cross is an instrument of torture. He suffered that we might be made one with God. He suffered that we might be atoned at peace with God. That we might have eternal life and we, we cling to that cross. It comforts us in our sorrows. It comforts us. It assures us in our doubts. In the midst of the terrors of our sin, Jesus took up his cross. He took up his cross that we might take up ours. Paul describes what taking up that cross looks like. What does it mean to take up the cross? Listen, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. So have you. You have been crucified with Christ in your holy baptism. Our sins were drowned that we might rise again. We die to sin and we rise again each day in baptism. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. I take up my cross. How? That the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Simple words, plain language. 
listen to Jesus' words, what it means to take up our cross and follow him. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You say you love Jesus? Keep my commandments. Jesus said that over and over again. You love me? Take up your cross, follow me. Keep my commandments. Treat each other well. Put me first above all things. Learn your commandments. Obey them. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his soul? Is that worth it? For what can a man give in return for his soul? How important is your soul? For whoever is ashamed of me, whoever is ashamed of my words, in this sinful and adulterous generation. I will be ashamed of him when the Son of Man comes in the glory of his Father. These words resonate in my ears. Simple words, plain words. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words. The 13-year-old boy who was ashamed of his mom She had ugly, nasty scars on one side of her face. She had once been a pretty woman, but now... When his mom came to school events, he was embarrassed. Mom came to school events. All kids are always kind of embarrassed, but he had more reason because he could hear the kids say, what happened to his mom? The boy felt ashamed. One day... He got up the courage to ask his mom to no longer come to the school events. Mom knew it was time to tell him the story of the scars on her face. So she set him down. You see, one night about 13 years ago, she smelled smoke. She woke up and there were flames engulfing the hallway. But she knew she had to get to the nursery to save her boy, so she ran through the fires and she grabbed him and wrapped him up in a blanket, hold hold him close to her chest, and then ran out of the room back into the fire to safety. Of course, in the process, her her heroic act left her face badly burned and scarred. The boy looked at the scars on his mother's face. They didn't seem so ugly now. Those ugly scars were now evidence of her love for him. And tears streamed down his face. How could he have been so ashamed of such a great act of love? And so it is with us on the cross. Jesus spoke plainly. I must be killed and after three days rise again. And when you look at the cross... I hope you're deeply moved by his love. And when you look at the cross, I hope you understand how deeply he loves you. I hope as you look at the cross, you're moved so deeply that you're moved to take up your cross and follow him. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting.